Welcome back to CodingCat.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Here is Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. So we, t- we took a little break and uh, we kind of did some rebranding, which uh, uh, might be frustrating people. I don't know. What do you think, Britt? I... Hopefully it doesn't confuse people too much and we actually get some more traction because of that. Like, I think a lot of people think that we just have the podcast because we do a lot of podcasts, but maybe now we can get it all back to Coding Cat. Yeah. So for people following the journey, um, wrong way. So this, this was always our perfect.dev kind of podcast logo and site. And we've really condensed it all back down to coding cat so we have coding cat.dev podcast which is under the the main site which it's always been uh for perfect dev but we're gonna really slowly keep finding perfect dev things and peeling them out and i'm sure i'm missing a ton of stuff but for now um we're working on it so glad to have everybody back um we have a special guest with us today yuri do you want to introduce yourself yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, yeah, my name is Yuri. I'm from the very northern part of Italy, so in the Alps right now. And so it's already kind of dark around here. <laughs> we, we talked about it earlier. And I'm currently working at Nowell as the director of developer experience. So we create, we're the creators of NX, Reason to Cover, Search of Learner. Exactly those. I have mine sitting somewhere behind me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't squeeze them. <laughs> I get never ever squeeze the them. Just one. look at those. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I gave my son the light up one where you touch the bottom and it goes all crazy. Yeah, yeah, those are those are cute. So, so yeah, lot, lots of work around dev tooling and monorepos and stuff. So we can. I, I have to know, them. like right off the bat, just because my wife, I, I'll have her listen to this, so she believes me. <laughs> Is a Norwal a real thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, but it's also kind of a mystical thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very mystical, but it's yeah, yeah, really the sea. Yeah, yeah, I try to convince her of this, and she still thinks I'm lying. Like it's a like an internet like thing that's just magic. <laughs> but it's totally a thing. So at Norwell, um, you guys created this amazing tool called NX. Um, how did you get started? How did you get into into Norwell? And like, tell me your journey on that path. Oh yeah, it depends like how far back you want to go. Bert. But yeah, we usually say yeah, Bert, yeah. I was Bert about to say I was born on like. <laughs> how did you get the, the web development to uh, start? Was it college or past that? Um, at at high school, like the interest started kind of at the beginning of high school, where computers kind of always fascinated me, and then like from then on, I kind of already had decided I wanted to do some computer science stuff, or at least like that was the next step I wanted to, to go there. And so I finished up at university in computer science, learned a lot of stuff, which I also forgot afterwards, <laughs> and then just kind of got into like a uh, job doing professional development. Right? And that just happened. I never planned to go into web development because at university I had a lot of side projects doing like desktop apps and web wasn't that fancy at that time. So now I kind of reveal my age probably. So, um, but a lot of like Eclipse extensions, Eclipse RCP applications are very like extending Eclipse oh, as yeah. an ID. I yeah. remember Eclipse. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, ever, just did you ever run into a program called BlueJay? Yeah. I or didn't Java? like it. Yeah. There's, I didn't like it. still using it at my college. I just found out. Oh, really? Like, oh, my goodness. That's terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Java was my first, I would say, like real programming, or at least like the one that I was kind of taught formally at university at that time right where we had a programming course where they yep. were like okay like this is a program language i've like messed around with various programming languages before but never really like from a, i always like, i always try to explain to people like just how spoiled like developers are these days like if you're just getting started into it like oh, yeah. ES code and like being able to spin up a site on you know britney's company netlify um yeah. just popping that up and like two minutes and you're on the web we used to yeah especially the like... deployment stuff right oh, yeah. especially because like you just like create something you have a starter generate something maybe even hit a couple buttons and you have already a site even domains cost nothing nowadays so you just like yeah. have your site going exactly. right so yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's amazing. unbelievable 
Um, so tell me a little bit more about Norwal and kind of what you guys do um, on a regular basis outside of NX. Yeah, we kind of started or now kind of started uh, from the Angular community, like Jeff Cross and Victor Safkin are the founders and they were like our ex-Googlers, ex-core team members of the Angular team. And so when Angular 2 kind of got kicked off, uh, was out of beta and kind of started, they left Google and founded like Nowall. So it was a lot of opportunity, people like jumping into Angular, wanting to like create big Angular applications. And so the goal was always kind of to do, to help big companies like Fortune 500 companies kickstart large corporate Angular apps. So, so that was kind of one of the strengths. Uh, and monorepos were all, was always something that they wanted to do, right? Like, and, and we can yeah. dive a bit into that section, which kind of ultimately why NX got started, right? So they, they saw the monorepo inside Google, made a lot of sense to them, like how people collaborated and how developers collaborated. And so they wanted to kind of have a similar solution, but much more approachable in the open source world. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's how it kind of got started with NX first as an extension to the Angular CLI. Um, but pretty much quickly afterwards, it got its own standalone. It became its own standalone product, yeah. which you can really use with anything you want nowadays. So, so uh, let's back yeah. up a little bit on that and um, kind of break down what the heck a mono repo is for those who haven't heard of it or, or used it in the past. Um, can you explain just what a mono repo does? Yeah, in the end, it's like at the very high level, it's, it is nothing else than usually you have your single project repositories, right? Where you have your application, your library, whatnot. You have one repository, your CI setup and everything. And in a monorepo, you do nothing else than group them together. So you have really like a multi-project repository. That's what, how I try to call them. You often hear, hear also like polyrepo for like the single project repositories, but it's kind of grouping them together in one single repository and then like leveraging the fact of them being able to quickly more quickly share stuff and like developer like develop faster in that fashion right um so, so yeah think, mo most of the times it's related projects somehow right so yeah and, and jeff and others who came from google they basically have well maybe two or three but core it's a single mono repo that runs yeah. everything on their on their google um so it's it's pretty amazing like how large you can get with that but would would you say i think you guys just took over lerna too right the support for that so so back in the day when when lerna was out there kind of the idea for that was to oh i shocked Brittany with that one i think did you know that <laughs> i did not realize that i do now that you said that i knew that lerna got acquired and taken over but i didn't realize the connection there nice yeah <laughs> um so with with lerna i, I that was before NX. And I think a lot of that was always surrounding kind of publishing out to NPM. So it made more sense, right? Can you explain like why people would actually choose to create like even a singular Angular project? Let's just say they create that in NX. Why would they want to start with a mono repo? Yeah, the, the thing is like, like, first of all, I think when people talk about mono repos and refer to like, Google or also Facebook, like those are gigantic repos, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Google, for instance, they have really like one repo or mostly one repo. I think there are a couple of exceptions that are outside that repo. But if you look in reality, like also the companies that we work with, uh, they mostly have like multiple of those monorepos, right? So maybe per business mm -hmm. domain, they group a couple of things that make sense into one repository, but then they have multiple of those where they even might publish packages out of those repositories and then share it among those, right? So that is that is usually the scenario what you see. Now with an experience, like in a couple of clients which we have, like they have really gigantic repos, like single monorepos as well. So uh, they, they definitely exist even outside Google, uh, but it's not like the, the common reality, I would say, right? And, and so the thing that, that you touched on, like with Lerna and their being the main that goal to publish, um, that is like how we distinguish, for instance, like different types of monorepos. So Learner is what we kind of try to denote more as like a package-based monorepo. Okay. So what you do in there is you have those multiple packages that you want to ultimately publish to like NPM for people to consume, right? And so nowadays, for instance, if you look at the React monorepo, the React the GitHub repo, which is a monorepo, Angular one obviously is a monorepo, but there you could say like, well, obviously they are part of Google, so they kind of naturally <laughs> shift towards that, right? But also Vite, Vue, and like a lot of even smaller open source products are monorepos. 
And their goal is like they do nothing else and have those fine-grained packages because you don't want to have like, I don't know, let's say Vite, right? Where you have like the Vite core and then you have to plug in for React, for Vue and All whatnot. All plugins, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to have like one gigantic NPM package, which like everyone has to pull down, but they're not even interested in like having the React plugin or, or Vue plugin or whatever, right? And so the goal there is just to be able to f- publish fine-grained packages, but obviously they are still kind of related, right? So whenever you change the Vue core, the Vite core, like the, the plugin of it, like it's obviously affected by that, right? So you wouldn't want to kind of to test it, to have to publish it somewhere and then like update a better version of it and then the separate like plugin Vite for React and like kind of test it out. So that is basically what you try to do, right? You bundle it together. And then the advantage there is, as you can already imagine, now basically it's just you change something in a PR, run all the tests, run all your demo apps, like run end-to-end tests, and you will see the effect of wherever you touch, it's right? Integrated into the same system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's closely related, right? Yeah. And and you see the similar thing um when you talk about non-package-based repos, which we kind of try to or we denote it as the integrated repositories. Um those are like in companies, they, they kind of have the same effect, right? You might not necessarily be interested in publishing in that case, right? You could, but there it's more like, well, we have all like the, the entire website, right? Which is divided into different business entities and business domains. Well, each of those potentially can develop and deploy their applications independently, right? And so some or often they are in separate repos, but if you bring them together, they can start sharing stuff, right? And so mm-hmm. you can have them co-located, but they can share like our indication stuff. Uh, a common thing that you often see is like the design system, right? For that application, for that kind of domain, right? For the website. Uh, makes a lot of sense, right? You develop the design system components in there. You can run experiments very easily because you change a button and then you can launch like the different applications as an integrated whole without having to even know where the repo is. Because that is surprisingly often an issue, right? As a, as a I want to develop like the, the reusable components they don't even know which application or where the repo would be, right? Yeah. The model would be it, right? It's directly there. It's, yeah, it's that would be so it. nice. I used to do a lot of design system work and we would publish to NPM and have our design system and then have to like have each team working on a different part of the site pull in. and But I mean, it also allowed for them to upgrade incrementally like where they wanted and needed, but then your design system falls apart, right? Yeah. So like yeah. it would be so much nicer if it was all just integrated together. Yeah. Yeah. It's simply because you're much nearer to that stuff, right? Because as, as a developer for those design systems, since you clone that monorepo in that case, right, you already see the applications. And most of the time, it's, it's kind of like yeah, an integrated repository, an integrated monorepo. It's the same commands of how you launch your design system demo app with the same command. You also launch like that other application where the design system is being used, right? And for instance, in Visual Studio Code, you can do things like right-click, find our references of that component, or even do like a search and replace stuff, right? You can totally see like wherever it's being used. Uh, and this is really, really powerful, right? Uh, and as I mentioned, even for things like changes you do, like you can really see the effect in one single PR, right? Without having to do a whole lot of like better release and coordination among teams and, and whatnot, right? So, yeah. Does does it also help like a monorepo like with the islands architecture and things like that when you're able to kind of group everything together and test it together? Is that kind of something you see as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, like the monorepo doesn't really impose any other type of structure on top of it, right? Like, however, like the island architecture is something that I see then at the runtime level, right? Mm-hmm. Where your application kind of could have a shell application, which then loads in different like subdomains dynamic that run them into your application whenever you load it, right? And how that is being loaded in, whether that is module federation, micro front-ends, or use kind of a, a more of those newer popular frameworks that support that island architecture, that's really up to how you try to design your application, right? The monorepo really just helps you kind of co-locate this information, co-locate the code, uh, allow you to kind of run it integrated in, in, in single PRs and test it throughout the code base. Um, so that is the advantage that it gives you. But however you deploy, it's kind of up to you still. It's yeah, not... it doesn't dictate the architecture of your site, yeah. just what, yeah. kind of the structure. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good point, right? Because like many people, when they think about like, especially when you talk about microfronts and microfront, uh, microservices, and then you combine it with monoliths, they're like, no, no, wait a minute. Like we, we don't want to create monoliths, right? All right. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, 
Big difference. I get how they create the connection there, right? And it's a monolithic code base, if you want, right? In the sense that you group it together in one piece, right? Um, but it's not monolithic in the sense of how you define the architecture within that code base, right? That is yeah, it's still actually... decoupled, composable pieces yeah, yeah, that make up yeah, that. Yeah, 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 totally. Pulling all the Jamstack words out of there. <laughs> yeah. Go get your Jamstack comp ticks. <laughs> Getting all the plug sticks. <laughs> we, we forgot our shirts. We had them on the other day. Oh, we had them on yesterday. We had nice. Jamstack shirts on. I, I have a, shirt, I, I have a hundred or maybe ninety eight <laughs> Jamstack shirts sitting in front of me. So, thanks, thanks, Dallas thanks, Tom. Sponsor. <laughs> um, you're, I, I'm kind of curious, and I know I'm putting you on a spot a little bit here, but we talked about maybe sharing your screen and showing us some things. I'd love to take a look at um, kind of how Visual Studio Code has a plugin and like the ways that you can use that in an NX repo to get started. Sure, sure. Would you be up for that? Sure. Yeah, totally. Cool. Uh, so actually, let me. While you're while you're sharing that, um, I've I don't know if you follow Jeff Brittany, but um, Jeff Cross has these pigs, um, oh, and yeah. one of them is named Cheddar. <laughs> and I was trying really, really hard to get him to bring Cheddar to ngconf, but it didn't work. Oh my gosh! I'm now following Jeff. I think and there are some jokes about if they put cheddar on the plane that the plane wouldn't be able to take off and, and oh. such. So. <laughs> He's actually working on a plan right now to maybe bring cheddar to AnnexConf, right? Which we which we can mention later, which is happening like in a month mostly. Uh, he's working on that, right? Because it's very near where he lives. So there might be a chance for people that show up that Shatter comes along and walks like on stage. We'll see. A little love from the uh, the community here. Love and NX. Mark's yeah, there. Mark. Nice. Yay. All right, Yuri. It looks like you have added this. Let's let's see which way is easier. I always kind of debate. Let's try it this way for now. Oh yeah, it should work. Is it big enough? I think so. Bigger. Yeah. If anybody uh, needs it bigger, let us know. But I think it looks good. <laughs> or needs us to hide our faces. So the, the interesting part that I always like look at right off the bat is you basically have a single like package in here, right? But you can have like a bunch of different apps. Yeah. yeah. Does a person so, have to really understand like NPM and modules and stuff? Because um, that like breaks people's brains, I think, when they go from like a Lerna or something like that, where they all have separate packages. And then NX is like, no, nah, we just need one. Yeah, I wanted to actually actually dive into that because... And X can actually do both of those things, right? Yeah. And that's what I mentioned before when I when I said like the type of monorepos, right? You can have those like package-based. And that would be like Lerna, that would be um, like Rush, I think Lake, uh, also Turbo Repo. Like those are in that area, right? And also an X. Uh, an X can totally do that too. We can can have a look at that. And Co-pilot then there's the integrated repos. Fill in for you. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> Copilot is already kind of auto-completing. It's actually pretty good in writing documentations, by the way. Documentation is great writing with, with, with Copilot. And so, like, this is like the two type of monorepos, if you want, at a larger scale. And this is like what you mentioned before with Lerna. And what we see here, for instance, is exactly such a monorepo. Now, this doesn't use Lerna in this case. It's a PMPM workspace, for instance, but it could be also like MPM workspace or YARN workspace, which, like, after Learner kind of got popular, like meanwhile, they kind of catched up and they have versions where you can say like, well, this and this is supposed to contain packages that can be shared and linked locally. And so that is what like those PMPM or YARN workspaces are about. And so they can kind of create some sort of monorepo before you. And I think like this is exactly what you meant before, where if you look into the apps folder here, for instance, and this is just, I call it apps and, and packages, but you can call it really whatever you want or just packages or lips. So this is a Remix app, for instance, and this has its own package JSON with all its dependencies, has its build scripts here, right? And then in the packages folder here, I have like some sort of like, if you want React uh, library, a reusable library, could be our design system if you want, like a super simple one, just a button. Uh, and also this one has all its dependencies it needs. In this case, it's really just React and TypeScript, right? So it's kind of a made up example to keep things simple. Um, but this is really like, individual packages, right? So they have their own node modules and, and you can use it uh, as such. Just just for clarification, is this an NX monorepo or a PMP? 
this is a PMPM monorepo. Yeah, exactly. This is a PMPM monorepo in the sense that PMPM handles the dependency sharing among the packages, right? Cool. So for instance, PMPM if you go to is incredible. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty fast, fast. as well. Like that's, that's the main thing here. <laughs> because if you look in here, for instance, you can see that shared UI and that use that workspace star notation here. Which means like this is not the package that comes from some like npm registry, right? Oh, it's okay. just linked locally, and so pmpm in this case manages the dependencies in the sense it goes and looks in that workspace and says like, well, I should find a package somewhere in here, right? And in fact, like there's a packages shared UI, which then has basically a package JSON defined, and so it picks it up from here, right? Nice. So this is pmpm so- doing the work there, um, and, and and basically with that you have that local linking. You already have kind of a monorepo in that sense, right? The thing why you would want then to add some tooling on top, like for instance, NX, uh, is to just speed up things, right? Because this by default just like runs the scripts in here, basically, that you have. It has facilities for like running just the scripts for the Remix app or running them recursively for like all the builds and stuff, but it doesn't do much more. So it's pretty like low level. Now, when you add NX in such a package-based monorepo, which you mentioned before, uh, really what you do is like super lightweight in a sense you just go to your root package json which you normally have you add one package which is an x uh, and then with that you could already just start using it right what you then also kind of do is like create a small nx json where you define a couple of things to customize it for this specific workspace right and so, so this is your configurations basically yeah, exactly, exactly. So by, by default, what you do, and I can also even remove like one of this here in this example one to keep it super simple, is you do things like defining what are cacheable operations in this monorepo, right? So for instance, when you look at this, you could go and say like, well, the package JSON here, the build is probably cacheable. The dev doesn't really make sense probably. Uh, if you would have like linting or testing here, well, that would also be a good candidate, right? But, but you kind of define them step-by-step step in, in this fashion, and then with that, you can then just use an X rings. You can say, well, build uh, the My Remix app. I think that's how I called it, My Remix app here. Right? And then an X would just run the build for that app. It would automatically find the package JSON, which is in here. Nice. And just then figure out, well, this is a build script. So I invoke here this build command, right? Which is nothing else which I specified here, right? When I write an X build, the like- second one is the script. Right. Yeah, you didn't have to drill down and find which directory no, it was in. No, no. Just, yep. No, next automatically understands, well, this is a PMPM workspace or NPM workspace or whatever. And so it figures out the package JSON dependencies and it goes with that. Nice. Uh, and the cool thing is also now that we have built it, I can rerun it and it has the caching in place because we said build is cacheable, right? So this yes. is like one of the things why you would add such an NX JSON because this obviously gives you already some advantage on top of like just PMPM or Yarn. That's the main main reason here. And the next things then are also things like dependencies in between things, between like projects, right? So even right now, if I run NX graph, actually pull this in here, NX understands your workspace. So if I go in here into our project, it can already understand, well, there's a remix app and this links to that shared UI because that was in a package JSON, right? So it kind of sees... This, there's, there exists a dependency between those. But you can go even further. You can go and say, well, whenever I run my Remix app, and we can actually simulate that because here in that package JSON, when we add it here, like that shared UI, that means that locally there's a link that goes to that shared UI. And that obviously wants to run that dist folder here, the compiled output, right? Because in the package JSON, we set here the main entry point is this one, right? Now, what happens if I go to that package, and that happens all the time, right? Like, we don't have the build output. But if I would go now and, and run mbxnx build my Remix app, it would, well, we have to reset the cache here in this case because we didn't establish connection. But it would fail because we cannot build it without having the dependency. Uh, it still picked it up. Oh, let me see. I didn't have installed in here. <laughs> it, doesn't <laughs> it doesn't want, want to delete it. To, it doesn't <laughs> want me to delete it. It's What's too smart. On? Yeah, looks like. 
It's so like, the, you need this. Just leave it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they figure it out on its own. I don't so know the, what's going on actually here. The but, fun but part, basically, like with all the caching and everything, like builds that take 20 minutes, um, if you only change a piece of this, it, it can realize like what is affected, right? And then you... Yeah, that, that's you the next build. step on... Exactly. That's the next step on top of it. So what I wanted to show here specifically is that you need to kind of run builds like dependent on like your child builds. So basically whenever I run my remix build, I want to automatically run the shared UI build as well, right? And so those are things that are that you also would then define here in that annex JSON. And actually I can show off, okay, I'm gonna this still works. Can show off a feature that we just released basically a couple of days ago, which is you define those relationships in here by those target defaults where you say, well, whenever my build script runs, and you can see it auto-completes here. And this is like one thing, which is like that integration, which you mentioned before with that NX console extension. You can auto-complete here and say, well, whenever it depends on some child projects, it auto-completes all that, that syntax. So whenever you run the build for something, all the projects it depends on, it should also run the build for. That's really right? cool. So you can see even like the explanation here, like what is that carriage symbol in front? So it just means it goes downstream. So it goes downwards to all its dependencies and reruns those as well. So yeah, these are, these are a couple of things that you can do and uh, affected commands. That was another thing that, that you brought up, which is nothing else where basically whenever I change this down here, I can follow the tree upwards right in the graph and understand that I need to build all my parents' projects too. While if I, for instance, like just change here my Remix app, well, I wouldn't have to touch the shared UI, right? And so those are mechanisms how you can kind of speed up uh, those repositories. Alex, how much do you love that as a visual like person? Do you, like I can't even explain <laughs> how wonderful it is, right? So I've yeah. seen one of these and maybe Yuri has an example of one of these where it's it just goes on and on and on and on because yeah. you have seven different apps that are in a shared UI or a shared whatever, and they just kind of trickle all the way through. And to like look at the code or the folders or whatever, I couldn't do it visually though. Like when you jump into this project graph, it's like, oh, that makes sense because we updated this thing and you can kind yeah. of follow the whole chain through. Yeah. Here's an example for you. Hey, hey, have... This is your new update, right? Like the graph used to look different. Yeah, yeah. We, we updated it a couple of times. We keep improving it because yeah, this awesome. one is a larger project where you can even say like, well, I have this product one. So I want to like start on this one and say which paths lead like to this one, right? So you can see like all the paths down here, which is the shortest or all possible paths. So this is like super valuable. Like if you have large monorepos, which you don't know, and you jump in as a consultant, for instance, you want to kind of understand how the relationships are. This is like gold right because Amazing. without even knowing the details you can already get the relationships at a high level and the things you can use this even programmatically right so you can filter this programmatically which is like extremely powerful in the end so this is but really yeah this, this was i feel like i haven't used the context where you're like in a pmpm workspace like nx in the past like it i used to use it a lot for angular and do micro front ends with it and that was always just like an NX package and that was it. Like there was no other workspace or like yarn space or whatever those are called. Um, so is that something that's necessary or can you run NX just by itself without workspaces? Yeah, exactly. So this, this is basically an X. If you drop it into such a workspace here, it can figure out even without the PMPM workspace, it is able to figure out like the package JSON files in here. Okay. But the thing is, like, usually you need that then for the type of linking that we had here, right? So once you want to start sharing stuff, you need the linking. So you need to have some sort of, like, PMPM, YARN, or MPM workspace in, in that, that fashion. That's very cool. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is a simple setup if you want, right, in those kind of monorepos that you kind of knew from Learner, right, from those days. Yeah. We just have those packages, and you drop it in at a high level. Also, because you could still keep using the PMPM commands and just use an X for some of the commands, right? Yep. And so that, that's what I mentioned before with this, like the package-based approach. Now, we, when we talk to clients, on the other hand, like we go more that integrated approach, right? And um, if we have time, we can also like quickly dive into that. And this is maybe something which you have seen more, which is the typical apps and lib structure that an X comes with. Yep. And this integrated approach is kind of like, you can think of it like a, pre-configured setup for you so like it 
it ha it comes with those plugins for React, for Next, for like their community plugins for Vue and Vite as well. And those plugins kind of are made such that it works best in a monorepo scenario. So there are people that either it's us having developed those or community folks that have thought about like how things should work together, right? Because one thing that you will hit at some point here for the package-based one is you have to figure those out, right? So an X completely stays out of the way. It just runs basically whatever you have here in the package JSON. But how you configure like TypeScript in an efficient manner or an end-to-end -end test or something, like that's not something that is being taken care of. Like you take control of that, right? Right. While in the integrated approach here is an X with the plugins that takes control, right? So it, it, it kind of presets it up for you, right? So here I have, for instance, I think a React app, which already comes with a Cypress end-to-end -end test, right? And so I can do things like run those Cypress end-to-end -end tests here with a right-click on, on the project itself. And I think my Visual Studio code is kind of freezing today, <laughs> right? But like these are the kind of effects that you get from such an integrated repository because things like Jest or TypeScript, they're kind of already thought of, right? How do you combine that together? Yeah, and the cool part is like it's all top level, right? So it's going to be able to understand yeah. it across your entire like multi-project project. I don't know if that's a word, but um, yeah, so exactly. You don't have to worry about like each team screwing up the thing as a whole. So you can like really take a step back and like, here's your application. You focus on it, but when it builds and we actually ship this thing, it has to go through and pass everything. That's the really cool part in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like many, when they start, like the package-based approach where you just drop it on top of an, like an X on top of something existing is very like um, interesting initially because like it's super fast. You can quickly adopt it like incrementally if you want, right? But the problem that folks like in my experience also face usually is like two months in or three months in, right? Where it's like, oh, but now we want to like have end-to-end tests. Now we want to have Jazz, but it doesn't really work in a way like across the monorepo or we want to add storybook on top of it. So those are the things where then really people then start leaning more into plugins right. where they see like, well, this is already pre-made for me. I can focus on actually building stuff. So I don't have to kind of deal with all those config things. I don't want to put you on the spot, but is, is it possible for you to start just from a blank slate and show them the like NX VS code uh, extension so that you can like create a project and do that whole thing visually? Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, let me see. Uh, so we can actually go here and just create a, a new workspace, basically. So what you do there is you run that create NX workspace thing. So let me just close our couple of things. You can basically do npx um, create NX workspace. And then you say like uh, coding cat, right? And so what would happen here is... How many coding cat projects do we have out there? <laughs> oh, man. It's scary. I and think so at, at one time it's a lot to type, so I started doing CCD dash on everything. <laughs> Automate like the heck out of everything, basically. Yeah. That's what developers <laughs> do in the end anyway, right? So here you basically go and like search the project that, that setup that you want most or that works best for you, right? There's even like an NPM one where which is kind of pre-made for publishing packages, right? Uh, I don't just see start Svelte. With <laughs> no, we didn't, we didn't add Svelte <laughs> yet because these are the plugins that we kind of support out of the box. But there is some good Svelte community plugins. Like NX has an yeah. extension API where you can develop a lot of plugins. And just like tried one the other day. And they were pretty good, actually. High quality stuff. Brittany, these, so, these yeah, are here... for stable systems that don't change that often. Svelte yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Svelte kit does. Yeah, that's why I meant. Svelte kit. <laughs> Sorry, I had so to I can just... She, she's like, he's like jabbing the knife in deeper and deeper every time. Hey, great job emceeing though. She just got back from uh, Svelte Kampf. Svelte Summit. Oh, nice. Svelte Summit. The alliteration is key. Yeah. We can only have it in cities that start with an S now. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> well, we can have it in Saginaw next, I guess. Oh yeah, I've got to put that up. <laughs> Sorry, we've completely no, you. <laughs> so, <laughs> no so worries you at picked, all. Uh, React, I believe I saw. Yeah, I, I picked one, so we get already some plugins installed. 
Uh, and then you basically give it the application name that you want to have, a couple of questions that are asked, like what type of styling system you want to have, where do you want to enable this through the caching? And then you go through that uh, and you can always kind of opt out of those and just add them later as plugins separately by just installing basically. I, and so what these I do, do have to now, say, that's really nice developer experience, like having that right in the CLI. The SvelteKit CLI does that for you too, where you can like integrate things like as you're building your application. So you don't have to configure them after the fact. And I think it's just great DX. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the DX part, and we'll see this a bit now, basically. We saw it already kind of out of completion thing, right? And before, like that is something we pay a lot of attention because in the end, that's what kind of matters also as you work on this thing, they, like as, as a developer on a daily basis, right? So those little things where it proposes you already the, the scripts that you need to run or uh, you can easily generate a new component or like some configuration on top of like your existing workspace. Like that, that's what like brings a lot of the benefits there. It's interesting. Like I figured your NPM install would take the longest. I don't know what it's doing now creating your workspace yeah. he uses PMPM. yeah now it's basically yeah i should have chosen pmpm actually like oh, you can have to... like a <laughs> yeah like it seems like that's the default setup here because you can give it like oh. the the package manager as a flag and say like i'll take PMPM oh yeah for that yeah do you ever foresee like nx adding like popular packages um for the ui side of things so like material ui and things like that as a, a pre-canned solution? Uh, we totally could. And it's always kind of a balance in terms of maintenance, right, in the end. Yeah. And that's also the reason why, for instance, we don't have like a NX core team member supported Swell package right now. Or like we would want to go into like view more maybe in that direction. But it's always kind of a balance. Like how many folks do you have working on that stuff, open source yeah. and, and kind of outside of the consulting business? And because uh, the things like Angular and React, those we use actively in our consulting business as well. So it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. for us to have him, have it similar to Next.js as well. And so, yeah, now we have basically our workspace created and it's kind of a similar setup here. And, and now basically NX manages this. So this is an integrated setup where we have our app set up in the, this is already a React application. So I can go here, let's see where it runs now. Does and that just build, surf that create React, React app? There is a, uh, this uses basically, and you can go here in the project JSON, this uses like a, the novel NX, novel React plugin. And so okay. this is like a Webpack kind of plugin yeah. behind the scenes that does the building and stuff. So it's not based on create React, but the, the philosophy is pretty similar in the sense that it's prepackaged. Uh, this is the, the, the part that executes the, the, the building, right? And you can customize it via configuration files here, right? You can then hook into a custom Webpack as well if you want to. But there but was kept like at a higher level. There was like a next option that you could have chosen, and that would have just used the latest version of next. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, and so basically, now you run it, and at localhost 4200, it runs like the React application, right? So running this React app was we just right click run. Now, this does nothing else behind the scenes than running commands, right? So you again always can just run an XSurf demo app, just as we did before, right? The, the DX that, that you give with that NX console is just nicer because you can interact here directly, right? Mm -hmm. Also things like here in the, the config file, you have already like those highlightings within the, the config file, right? Where you can just click and it will build the application. Right? Things like that is like the DX where we try to, to hook in. It's It's been yeah, a minute from... that I used it. Um, is there still the visual like console as well where you can say, I know in Angular, you could be like create module with these components and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You can go basically, we just integrate a lot of the things as right click, but you can always just uh, activate yeah. NX console here, click the generate one. And then you say like you want the library create and let's just react. Like these are the available options based on the plugins which I have installed. So if I would have like Next.js installed, I would also propose me like a next type of library. And so you can go for instance through React. And say, well, my library name is like UI prompts, right? Then you can say, like, well, let me put that into a shared directory because it makes sense. You can go through this and kind of choose different options which you want to have, right? Yeah, um, that's the part I found really cool. Flinting. 
Like I appreciate how fast you can do things with the CLI, but often like if I can just visually like see all my options, it it tends to be easier for me. Yeah, it is. It is very kind of interesting for exploring, right? When you don't know all the details, you can just use this one and then you can copy even the command because behind the scenes, this is just dynamically building a UI based on the the available CLI commands, right? So once you run this, it kind of generates it behind the scenes, but you can basically copy and paste this command, right? We should just copy it and run it next time, like out of your mind, like out of your kind of autocomplete in, in your shell. Yeah. And so, yeah, what, what this created now is a React lib down here. This is pre-configured that like libs finish like in this lib directory. So you can see like here some decisions are taken for you already, right? Uh, you have here like Babel set up. You have already just configured. You have TypeScript configured for this. You have here just like a sample component, sample jest test, sample component created, right? And and you also don't need like PMPM workspace in this case because the whole managing of the linking here doesn't happen over node models, but there's a TS config base at the very root here where we leverage basic TS config path mappings, right? Where we say like, well, that prefix that you gave to this workspace and then the folder directory, this points to this entry file, which is like your public... API for your library, right? And so now you can use this one here in your apps, right? So I can straight go up here in my application and say like import from coding cat shared UI comms, right? And here now I should have my shared UI comms. I can just go ahead and, and use it. And, and this is also nice for the developer experience because again, here I can just jump to the implementation and I finish right into the actual source code because that's what being linked to, right? So I don't have to jump into like the JavaScript files and then from there kind of find my way back to the source or something, right? But it just works works kind of out of the box. Uh, and, and yeah, I, like this is the, the integrated feeling that I kind of described before. And from here, you can really go ahead on, on top of and add things on top, right? You can go and generate components, React components. You can even go... Uh, let me see if I have Storybook installed here, but you could say like, well, this is my UI component library, so let me configure Storybook, right? So I want to have it on here. Um, yes, I want to have Cypress tests. I want to also automatically generate some specs. I want to generate stories based on my existing components. And then you just All run it. All the testing libraries. Cypress, Jest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah, we try to <laughs> take care of this too. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, this is like the, the pre-packaging again, right? Like we try to put a lot of thoughts into like what is like, what, mm-hmm. what do we see like most being used by teams out there? Also during our consulting kind of engagements, right? And so this is what we then integrate into the experience here in NX. And again, as I mentioned before, here, for instance, we added Storybook. Now you could obviously always add Storybook by your own, like by yourself, right? But we configured it here, for instance, that it works best in a monorepo. So you see also like a root level config, right? And so the config that is generated per library then also imports the root level configs, just like you can reuse stuff across the monorepo again. So there's always that thought, like, how does it work across multiple of those libs, right? How can you leverage that type of stuff? Does this matter what bundler you're using? So like you're using Webpack in the React app and could you use Beat and like other ES builds? Yeah, that, yeah, that depends on the plugin you're using. So right now, for instance, let me go to the, uh, root package JSON here at the very root of the monorepo. And I'm using here the Nawal React package, right? So right now that package supports Webpack, right? Behind the okay. scenes. So if I go here where it's being used, it's like a Nawal Webpack plugin that is being used behind the scenes to run it. But right now already we have like a, a Nawal ES built one, right? And then I don't know how it's called here. Maybe the, build, the target is called build or something, the method, right? But this depends really on the plugins that you're using. Right, so okay. we're, we're going to have ES built. There's a community plugin you have that has Vite, so you can already with that plugin just install it, generate a React with Vite, right? And so you have that as well. So the concept is always you have some abstraction behind the build process, and mm-hmm. then you configure it, right? And then from there you go. Yeah. And yeah. What, and what do you think the, of the, the, wise? Um, I'm always thinking about coding cat courses and for very basic stuff like the. JavaScript for a 10-year-old, I think we got to stay far away from this because it's it's complex. <laughs> but 
when we start like creating sample projects for things, I'm, I'm starting to kind of consider, does it make sense to show them this? Or do you, what do you think, Brittany? Is it like adding complexity or is it actually helping? Uh, for a beginner, that's tough. Cause I, yeah. I think it does add complexity and it kind of hides away like magically. It's kind of like spelt, right? Like it's magical and it kind of hides away some of the stuff that maybe you need to understand, but nobody wants to like do Webpack or mono repo right. configuration like out of the box. So, but are you building mono repos as a beginner? Yeah, that's that's my big question is like when you're in a company and you're like working on NX, you can jump from project to project then because you just know how it works and you know the plugin system. But and I guess Yuri, for for you for this question, do you find that companies get frustrated by NX at first, but then really start to adopt it as they go? Or is it is it kind of the other way where it's like, oh, this is so wonderful. We'll put it in everything immediately. And then they get frustrated. Yeah, I think it depends on from where you approach it, right? Or where you are at, at that company, right? Because like, if they have already a lot of experience in, like they have people that are experts in setting up Webpack and Rollup and Vite and whatnot and configure that stuff, then you might want to go maybe with the more like incremental approach of the package-based thing where you just add the next package for the benefits of the fact that sharing and those type of things. Uh, the integrated one is much more helpful. And also from a beginner level, you can see it as a create React app, right? You don't even have to, usually, you don't even have to talk about like uh, monorepos up front, right? You just say, well, you, you don't have to worry about how you set up like your React application. You can generate with this command. And then you start actually looking at just the React piece of it, right? Like how do you develop React components and stuff, right? And then gradually you expand from there where you say like, well, you could create a lib, right? Where you can extract some logic and then you can have a second app, use that logic, right? But you never talk about, build tooling, how you configure Jest, like you always talk just about the coding aspect, right? Yep. I think that is that is really powerful and that's what speaks like to the integrated approach. Yeah. For the well, companies, well. for the companies, what we see a whole lot is that they take like the, the plugins that we have and they build on top of those, right? So they create okay. whole plugins for their companies. So whenever you create a new library in their repo, it already has to configure it like they want it to be configured, right? Gotcha. Because in the end, that thing in the project JSON we saw is really just a function that is being called. And so behind that scenes, you can set up even with Vite, you can uh, have like the linting process how you want it. So you can really tailor it down. And that makes your team super productive because yeah. even the junior folks that come in, they don't have to go through documentation. How do you create a new library or copy yeah. and paste it from a template? They just right-click, generate library. It will be already pre-set up as you want it uh, and work, right? And so um, that's what we saw was like the most powerful aspect of this whole kind of pre-packaged uh, yeah. setup. That's I really feel cool. like for a big organization, it would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Something that I don't want to miss out on, um, the Turbo Repo um, was purchased, acquired, whatever, by um, Vercel. So... They kind of like really exploded off the scene. But I guess with that question, you have NX Cloud, which does um, it takes care of like some of the caching pieces and Turbo is kind of doing the same. Like I, I think Vercel's hosting like their version of their cached areas. How does that actually work? And like give us your best pitch for NX Cloud, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the whole like if you compare NX with Turbo, we usually compare it at the package-based monorepo level because like, that's where they are operating at the same levels because Turbo doesn't really have a response, at least not right now, for things like the plugins, right? It doesn't have that pre-configured mm -hmm. setup. What they, I think what they use is kind of templates where you can pull from, which have kind of showing examples of how you like add Cypress for whatever, right? right. Yep. Or configure TypeScript, right? And so for the caching level, uh, the cache operates very similarly, uh, like from a highly conceptual level, right? You create a hash, out of it, of a computation, you store it somewhere and you restore it. How it's being restored, kind of a bit different. So we have a benchmark actually, like just uh, we are the fastest <laughs> by far. So I've read the piece that in. <laughs> Love the spice. No, we, we yeah, we kind of try to like benchmark just to see like whenever we do new releases to see how yeah. do we compare in terms of cache restoration, right? Like how do yep. we, and we were really paying, paying a lot of attention of like, even just not touching the file system if we don't need to, right? If, if that file is already there, we don't write it. We just leave it there, right? And things like that, so small optimizations. Mm -hmm. uh, so and then when you come at the, at the cloud level, that is more 
how you distribute then the caching, right? Across different machines. And, and the biggest advantage that I see there with an X specifically is that we don't just distribute the cache itself, but we also have like the distribution of the tasks themselves, right? So it's, it's not just restoring a cache, but you can even say, which is something you kind of always have to do at some point uh, in a monorepo, parallelize stuff as much as you can, and not just on a single agent, but across multiple agents, right? And we see it do people, like people do that all the time, but it's done naively. So agent one does all the builds, agent two does all the linting, agent three does all the testing, whatnot, right? And we all know like building takes super long, testing super quick, whatever, right? Or vice versa. And so you, you end up like wasting a lot of time. And so that's why we added like on top of that, um, the, the basically the distributed task execution, how we call it, where it would just dynamically spread it across those agents in an intelligent way. So you give it, well, run me all the bills, tests, and lints. Here is like four agents. And then NX Cloud figures out like even based on historical data, how long did the builds take before that? What are the dependencies? Well, the, the end-to-end does need the build to run before. So we need to distribute it in a way that it is ready when the end-to-end test runs, right? Things like that are done completely autom- automatically. Yeah. And that is the biggest adding on top of what the caching layer is compared like, to something like Vercel, for instance, right now. So that kind of takes over your CI/CD pipeline a little bit, right? Like you don't have to have like GitHub Actions or like you don't have to do webhooks and things to do that. You can take care of it all in the NX cloud. Yeah, right now we don't take it over completely, but you could, at, like at some point you could totally become that, right? Like right now yeah. what you do is like you have your GitHub action, you give it the agents, you, you run the agents with specific commands. Uh, and then uh, there's an NX Cloud coordinator agent that does all the working in between and communicates with the NX Cloud API. Uh, but you still give the agents, right? So that also gives you kind of the flexibility, like if you use Jenkins on a Kubernetes class or whatever, like you can spin up the agent as you want. You give it to NX Cloud and NX Cloud will just use those and distribute them, right? Okay. Um, How many different like build clouds are supported? Is it unlimited? Like GitHub, Azure, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, we have um, like right now you can generate actually such an automated CI setup uh, with those generators with NX Console. And we I think we support GitHub, uh, Circle CI and GitLab right now. Okay. Uh, especially because those for those we also built like those automatic apps that would integrate, you know, PR comments and like list uh, the actual mm. distributed task running and stuff. So you can click from there and go to NX Cloud and see all the runs visualized a bit nicer, where you can filter for the failed builds and just their logs and stuff like that, which is which is actually very helpful because yeah. <laughs> in a single repo you just run the build for a project, right? But in a mono repo you run like hundreds of tests and so finding the one that failed can sometimes be kind of challenging so yeah. we uh awesome. had a really great question too i wanted to throw out there before but homie coder said i'm newer to web dev but i believe i have a decent grasp on mono repos i see huge benefits but what pitfalls should i avoid yeah it's a good one um i think the like most of the pitfalls that i see or we see like when we talk to folks and like companies is the whole scaling aspect. So as I mentioned before, you can start simple, but at some point you need to have some sort of tooling and not just the tooling that helps initially, but like in the long run, right? Because one thing is also the build speed, like what we are talking about now, caching and distribution, that is all good. But like once you have like 200 libraries in there and your new folks come in and don't really know how things work, just keep generating libraries or creating libraries, that can get out of hand pretty quickly, right? So... Mm-hmm. Things like which library can depend on which other library. It's like stuff like that. Uh, you need to have some solutions for that, right? Like to prevent those type of things happening. Um, but other than that, like even, even in small projects, like you could even have like two applications, which is already kind of a monorepo. I remember like before uh, joining now and the next, uh, we had a monorepo where we had like our web app and our mobile app, right? Which was like mobile with Ionic. And so like we had some sort of monorepo in the lips folder where we just shared some of the components that could exist on both things or the authentication flow, right? So even in a small setup, you can really benefit from it. Yeah, I think this is a really good point. Um, Some of the pitfalls, I guess, when you're first getting into NX, there's a lot to learn about NX and the way it operates too. So um, I would put a pitfall in there just like the learning curve (laughs) yeah the learning curve can be rough because you might be used to like create react or angular cli and like there's certain things that happen but when nx kind of runs its plugins you have to learn new terminology and different things like that and so that can be a a little bit of a, a stumbling point or a hurdle that you have to get over so 
I would I would throw that in there just um, as you're getting started. I'm trying to read some comments here. What's what is this crazy one? Mark's using it. Paralyzed Wowzers. This is there you go. Inside our GitHub action, each federated module is deployed inside a Docker container to Amazon ECS. I've never heard of ECS. Wow. That's no, a lot. Storage. Oh, that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty advanced setup, I would say. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, my inspiration is He also had to throw in ECS as a nightmare. I would agree. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that level of stuff. It's it's kind of funny. I've been Anytime anybody talks cool. about an AWS service, it's like not good. <laughs> I do like Amplify. I think it does simplify it for people just getting into it, but there's still a lot to learn. Um, cool. Well, I think we could probably talk about next and X, sorry, uh, for like three hours, but we're we're oh, up yeah. on time. All the issues. <laughs> <laughs> that branding. <laughs> that's a hard branding thing yeah we're still uh we're still gonna call these our perfect picks even though we're coding cat.dev podcast people just throw that it's reminder still out cat it's still cat it's per yeah per, you know per. anyways with that said the picks for today yuri just went bonkers on promoting nx i don't know why but uh here, yeah, here's your no idea picks. he's got his main page here Anything yeah, first of all, you want to say? What was that? Anything additional to like, here, here's how my awesome company is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is like our, our dog site. And and small teaser, there will be a new version of this, which is our, I saw like a preview today, which is like way, way better. So we keep working on this because like, as we all know, monorepos are super easy. Docs are extremely hard, <laughs> especially like if you have like a, very, a vast like amount of things to cover. Uh, but there's a new version coming, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, definitely check out nx.dev, the different packages that we have. These are some of our plugins that are supported by default. And you can see it's built there. So it's just new out of the box. I just noticed the little wave in the logo. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. I don't care what anybody says to your uh, docs uh, statement. Technical writers for docs are amazing. Those are yeah. amazing people. Like, yes, and they're special people. Like, I hate writing, and they do it so well. Yeah. So your second pick, we kind of talked a little bit about. Um, Anything additional on NX Cloud? Yeah, we talked a lot about it. So, like, try it out. And we have a pricing, which is very generous, I feel. Like, we have the NX Cloud, which is the public cloud, basically, which has 500 hours of computation per month for free. Uh, you don't even have to give a credit card. Like after those 500 month hours are over, it just goes back to not cash, right? So not distribute, uh, which is like no brainer. So yeah, try it out. That's the best occasion. And most of the time, like if you're an enterprise, you probably want like something hosted on-prem, uh, which is the NX Enterprise edition then of that, which you can host in a Kubernetes or Docker container in your own kind of local on-prem cloud. Very cool. Your final pick, something happening soon. Yeah, NXConf, like NXConf is happening in October 17th. Uh, as you can see here on the website, it's in person in Tempe, Arizona, if you want to join for a super special edition uh, and as well online. And he said VIP a, experience. Just Yeah, the, the in-person one will be very VIP. So we're, we are currently <laughs> brainstorming like how to make it super special for the people that are there in person. I didn't um, get an invite. Did you, Brett? I didn't. Oh, I should send you one. Oh, God. Although, I just <laughs> traveled so much. I don't know that I can travel anymore right now. My body's Are you uh, time flying zones. in for this one? I actually cannot, but I have a good excuse oh. because I have my wedding there. So oh, <laughs> I my think gosh. That's, that's the only excuse that is. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. That is the only excuse that you can have for not attending NXCon. But that's mostly why we added the online edition as well, right? So you can go and like attend online too. Uh, and small hint, that one is completely free. So you need to register though to add a ticket and, and everything. So yeah, are will the be talks great. Are going to be some... in person or are they mix of both? No, no, the talks, the talks are all going to be in person. So all the speakers are there. Um, okay. So for, for the in-person people, it will be directly live there. And for the other ones, it will be like live streamed and, and remote attendees can chime in, ask questions. So we'll coordinate that. And, and there's also workshops in person there. 
so if you want to dive more deeper into the whole monorepo stuff that we kind of talked a bit today about, and that is a good occasion. So if we have a workshop actually for today's workshop, one is like simple getting started thing, and then a second the advanced. So if you have already getting started part, then you can just even chime in for the advanced one. A uh, small little thing. I went to NGConf and did a workshop with Mike Ryan, unbelievable oh, nice. teacher, uh, just FYI. Yeah. And also uh, Live Love App, I believe they will check out how your code is executing for free. Like they'll check out your repo, I think. So oh, nice. if you're interested in that, I just saw it pop up and I was like, that was really cool. Oh, cool. I think you have one final pick. Do we ever see you out here? Oh, you should see plenty of stuff from here that that's kind of my second home like living on that youtube <laughs> channel uh, or on some blog the somewhere thumbnail game look at those yeah. thumbnails <laughs> so we got yeah, that was a co-worker of us um, which created those. for those for those audio listeners youtube.com forward slash nrwl underscore io norwell yeah we just crossed 8,000 subscribers i think a couple days nice. ago that's huge yeah we we have like lots of content already line up so the best Very place, cool. I guess, right now to learn about monorepos and stuff. Cool. Britt, you are going to talk about another conference. Oh, yeah. All the conferences. And I feel like I've had so much travel in my past, but this one at least is remote and it is in the future. But I'm going to be giving the intro to VeetConf. I'm very excited about that opportunity. And Salt Sirens is a community partner of them. I tried to get Coding Cat Dev in there, but I couldn't sneak it in. But I know, but there's so like, look at this list of speakers. Like if it is not the most ridiculous list you've ever seen in your life, I'm so excited. Brandon already updated to open sauce. Holy smokes. Oh, he left. (laughs) Shh. We don't have to talk about that. I mean, what? He's just, and he joined. I didn't know. (laughs) He joined B Dougie. Join B Dougie. So we actually have open sauce coming on the podcast in a month. So hopefully Brandon comes along. Oh, oh, that's news. I didn't that, know about that. Ryan some, from Netlify. Some bang of names here. That's pretty They have a huge panel of like oh, the framework. I don't know. This oh. one looks, oh. looks neat. High speed. What is it about? Monorepos? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Might see a few familiar faces in there, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then yeah. if you scroll all the way down to the community partners, you might see another familiar logo in there near the spelt sirens at the bottom. You're getting there. Right there. Ooh. What do you see above that though? Uh, On the left. This one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a game. We are everywhere. <laughs> it is. I mean, everywhere. Yeah. You guys everywhere. do sponsor a lot. Give back to the community. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. NX Cloud is free for all open source products. So completely free. Oh. Like nice. whenever you have an open source product, ping me. Well, oh, that is awesome! Yeah, that maybe we back. should move. We've been talking about moving off of our little mono repo forever now. So oh, totally, yeah, we, we can help set you up if you want. We might have and to while talk we're at it, move to Netlify. Well, <laughs> you know why we can't do that. <laughs> um, somebody showed up at an MC thing. I think we talked about it. Yeah, so my second pick is actually two links because there's two YouTube videos of day one and day two of Svelte Summit, but I just got back from Stockholm two weeks ago. I had a trip to Stockholm to do the MC at Svelte Summit and then flew all the way halfway around the world, I guess, to Hawaii for Netlify's audience. And I was 12 hours upside down last week, and then now I'm just adjusting back to my normal time, and I'm I'm still getting dizzy. She actually looks like, oh, wow. tired for some reason. I don't know why. I slept 15 hours on Sunday. I was just like, I just need to sleep for an entire day and be done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, it was and really fun. Hands, and there's – sorry. All hands in Hawaii sounds, like, amazing, by the way. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Svelte Summit was amazing. The talks were really, really good. Um, Dominic gave one on the V um, – it's an experimental plugin that you can add where you can like actually click on your components while you're in dev mode and it will take you to the code. And then you can actually add another thing that you can code right in the browser and it will update it and save it and update your local oh, files. That's oh, bonkers. So cool. That's oh, cool. Wow. Well, I feel like my, my picks are kind of cheesy after that big <laughs> reveal. Holy smokes. Sorry. This, this has been bouncing around the web for quite a long time, but mm-hmm. I just ran across it in uh, <laughs> Scott Delinsky's um, 
his newsletter for, for level up and uh, i was like man it, it's just so wonderful to see when uh, oh my gosh i remember spending hours on these skins like i think i, I never had that own. skin i had yeah i had like different skins oh nice yeah such good memories i'm like hearing my dial up in my brain right now are we showing our age right now yeah totally as if the gray doesn't um i so ever since i worked at builder i'm always like checking out these like no code low code solutions and this popped in somewhere i don't know where i saw this but um this is a way to do next.js very similar to how builder worked so uh, i thought i had a there was a component drop that kind of like this so um very similar you get a bunch of different components and you actually move it onto the ui itself and then it you wear the gray well wow That's i did not mean to send that to everybody <laughs> really good i gotta stop typing in there your moderation uh is is revoked it's very bad <laughs> this is uh this is the cool part this is also something that uh builder um did so you can do this multiplayer so there can be like five people designing this thing at once nice. all commenting back and forth on each other which is really cool so this is all surrounding Next.js. I don't think they go outside of that right now. I don't know if they ever will, um, just because of the way that it's created and run. So uh, it's very cool. While I was doing that and thinking about Builder so much, uh, it dawned on me that they just released Quick Beta. So yeah, that's a good. Very picture. excited for the team over there, um, Mishko and Manu. And all the folks, Adam, that I worked with before, um, just crushing it with uh, Quick and Quick City. So Quick City, it's kind of a funny name, but um, that is the uh, essentially the equivalent of um, Vite or like framework, right? Yeah, Svelkit or whatever. Next, so. it, yeah, yeah, for Quick, exactly. It, but yep. isn't Quick server side rendered only? So so, it, oh, but it's it, for routing. Yeah, so it ships like the HTML up, and then it has those little like tags in it, so it can relink when it needs to. I don't it's know why everything. I hear All about Quick resumable City. stuff. Yes, resumable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear Quick City, and I want to sing that song. Is it? Oh, hum, is hum the... some for us. Maybe we can guess. No. I built this city. Uh, yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that's where you're going. <laughs> On rock and roll. Yes. Nice. So we did karaoke at NGConf. You guys missed out. We'll have oh, to we that. did karaoke in Hawaii. I bet Jeff was involved as well in karaoke. I have a picture. I don't know if he'd be <laughs> mad about it, but uh, <laughs> Jeff and Mike Hartington, they were they were doing some special karaoke oh, wow. at <laughs> It was pretty awesome. So, <laughs> nice. well, uh, thank you, Yuri. I, I think I'm going off on a tangent that we won't recover from. So, <laughs> really yes. appreciate you coming on, showing off NX. NX wow, I keep wanting to say next. Um, <laughs> NX, sharing some more about Norwal and uh, proving that to my wife they are real. I'll send her some more pictures. Even though she doesn't believe it. Um, <laughs> Just really love what you guys are doing. I, I've been following the product since since day one, and the growth and what you guys have accomplished is amazing. So keep up the great work. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank thanks you. for having me. All right. That's have fun. a great night. We'll see you later.